This is Upon Further Review. Bulls play-by-play man Jim Lauk joins Derek Sharp to break down last week's game. And he's going all the way to the end zone. With extended highlights of all the key moments. Without further ado, it's Upon Further Review. For a game where the Bulls only scored three points, this will be an easy 30 minutes to fill as it was quite an eventful 17-3 outcome. As you know, Alabama came to Raymond James Stadium, which was packed and packed with defensive highlights is this show. You'll hear extended calls. Sam Barrington, being a defensive guy, especially was lit up during this entire broadcast, which featured a lengthy rain delay. We'll skip right past that, but even that had its moments of entertainment. Jim Lauk, you've been around for every single season in the booth calling Bulls football. This was different, huh? So many storylines to unpack for this one. I guess we should probably start with the rarity of the game. This is something that Alabama just doesn't do. Non-conference road games, they've probably played about four of them in the last 25 years. So having them in Raymond James Stadium was a really special treat. And it was interesting, we talked with Michael Kelly on the pregame show, as we always do, and asked him about the scheduling of this. This is a two-for-one with South Florida going to Alabama in 2024 and 2026. And Michael Kelly said, you know, I'll I'll, I'll do two-for-ones if the opponent is right, if the situation is right, but I'm only comfortable doing it if the one, the game in Tampa, is the first one played in the series. The reason why, well, we've all seen games drop off the schedule, teams buy out after one game has been played in their place. So he felt that the chances of this series taking place as planned would be much greater if the first game was held in Tampa. And it turns out that looks like it's going to be exactly true, and it certainly led to a great experience for Bulls fans and college football fans in general on Saturday. We wondered about the makeup of the crowd. We knew it was going to be more than 60,000, and it was very evident in the tailgating areas and coming into the stadium that Alabama was going to be well represented, lots of red and white there. But Bulls fans matched them person for person and yell for yell. It was a pretty divided crowd probably about 50-50, and that really added to the great atmosphere as well. Alabama, 10th in the nation coming in, a little bit of intrigue at quarterback. As they announced on Friday, they would start Buckner over Milrow. How do you deal with the size of Alabama? Bulls coaches told us during the week, You deal with it with technique and footwork, but the Bulls certainly had their jobs cut out for them along in the trenches in this game. They might have been outsized in general, Jim, but they were out physically in Alabama in many parts of this game, especially one particular offensive play early. Extended highlights from the first quarter at Raymond James Stadium on September the 16th. Third and six, Alabama 55% on third down conversions this year. Buckner to throw, has time, incomplete, behind his receiver, and unable to make the catch was Jermaine Burton, and the Bulls have forced a punt to begin this game. Now they snap, here comes Wright, he runs over a defensive back and gets the first down. Naquan Wright 
An absolute freight train. First down, South Florida. My goodness. If you're talking about a football play, we just saw one. Good snap. Stokes gets the kick away and doesn't get a good kick. It's going to be off the side of his foot. But he gets a roll and hits an Alabama player. And now there's a scramble for it at the 30-yard line of Alabama. That's and USF the ball. Have the football. That's USF ball. First right? turnover of the day goes yep. to South Florida. DJ Harris comes out of the pack. Cannon for the lead. Has the distance. And he drives it through. John Cannon puts South Florida ahead of Alabama. 44-yard field goal. The Bulls turn the turnover into points. 7.08 to go first quarter. South Florida three, Alabama nothing. This one will be taken from one yard deep. Up the near hash mark, got a seam, flags everywhere to the 40-45. This one may go all the way, but there are multiple flags down. It'll be an Alabama touchdown if it stands. But flags are down, and more than one of them. 100 yards if it stands, but I don't think it Coming will. Going to return, holding, receiving team, number 35. The 10-yard penalty. High snap pulled down, and here's McClellan, and he will be dumped right near the line of scrimmage. That's Jonathan Ross. Well, Jim, I can tell you this. I can't help back and think about Florida State, USF, 2009, up there in Doe Campbell Stadium, and that game was summarized by a plethora of big hits by USF. And so if that's the type of energy these guys are bringing to the table, it's going to be a fun day. Buckner under pressure, tries to jump it off, and it's incomplete. Daquan Evans on the blitz made Buckner unload it earlier than he would have liked to, and Isaiah Bond couldn't make the catch knee level. It's third and nine. Well, anytime there's a play action, a boot play back to the left side, if you don't have a man to cover, the rule in football is you go after the quarterback because he's not going to have enough time to get around and see you. Great job by Daquan Evans. Third down and nine. Alabama is 0 for 2 on third downs. Three wide receivers, wide side right. Buckner looking to the left, fires incomplete. And again, Joey, some decent pressure by the Bulls, making Buckner uncomfortable in the pocket. Yeah, DJ Gordon and Amaris Brown were back in the pocket with the quarterback, and I think it was Gordon that affected the throw. Brown swings it to the right. It's caught by Michael Dukes, and Dukes fights his way out past the 25. He'll be close to the marker. Looks to be about a yard short. That's a gain of nine, second down, and one. First touch of the day for Dukes, nine-yard reception. Brown swings it out to the right side. It's caught, and this will be a first down. Kelly Joyner with his first reception. Now, the Bulls have rolled the dice in every situation like this in the first week. No different with Alabama. Bulls are going. It's fourth down and three. South Florida on fourth downs this year. Well, they've been pretty good. Six out of nine. Fourth and three. Brown to throw. Under pressure. He's not going to make it. He'll be sacked back at the 50. 
So Alabama gets the fourth down stop and the Crimson Tide will take over at midfield as the rain starts to fall with 150 to go first quarter. You just never know until the game actually starts, but clearly the Bulls were not intimidated by Alabama. Yeah, the Tide's starting quarterback not as talented as the ones we've seen in years past, but even though that became evident, remember, people weren't saying this before the game. They weren't saying Alabama's going to get shut down by South Florida. No, it was, I read a lot of Alabama publications. This is it's going to be a get-right game for the Tide. In other words, people were expecting somewhere in the 40-7 to 7 range. Not even close. The game was close. As we now take you to the second quarter highlights, the Tide would tie it up, but even then, the Bulls were continuing to do tremendous things on defense. It is raining. Third down and 12. It's a run, trying to get the left side, and nothing there. The Bulls, led by Amaris Brown, make the tackle right near the line of scrimmage on Roydell Williams, and it's fourth down. Joey, what started as a very still afternoon on the field is developing into a windstorm now. Yeah, it's, it's panic, and I'm among them trying to protect my microphone down here. But, yeah, it's raining. People are running for cover. So we'll see. It's it's a definitely a disruption in the stands. We'll see how the game can settle down from here. So they're going to bring on the punt team. Boy, the student section making their rain adjustments. They've got a huge tarp, and they're all underneath <laughs> it there. That has to be a health hazard. <laughs> Well, at least they're dry. Brown takes the snap, pitches left to the short side, and Naquan Wright puts his shoulders down, and I think he's got the first down. He needed the 30. Looks like he got more than that, and he banged into one of the defensive backs for Alabama. An injured player. Jalen Key was the injured player for Alabama. He was able to get up and go to the sideline under his own power, but he didn't stay there long because everybody's going to the locker room now. We're going to be in a weather delay with 12 minutes and 44 seconds remaining in the second quarter. Third down and eight. Buckner to throw. Pressure coming. He's hitting. He throws it incomplete. It got caught on the Bulls' sideline out of bounds. Great push by the Bulls' defense, and they've got another fourth down. Here's a running play and a hole on the right side. Naquan Wright bounces off a would-be tackler and gets near the 50-yard line. That's a Bulls' first down. Another great run by Wright. He picks up 19, designed run. He busts a tackle, gets the first down to the 39. And South Florida moves the chains again with 11.30 to go first half. Fourth and one for the Bulls. Has the look of a run. And it is. It's Brown on a keeper, and he burrows forward and gets the first down. Inside the 30 of Alabama. So fourth and 16, and you're looking at about a 51-yard field goal attempt. Brown checking with the sideline, talking to the offensive line. Three on the play clock. They snap in time. Brown under pressure, scrambling, rolling right, buys some time, and he'll be pushed out of bounds right around the 30-yard line, well short. Buckner to throw, has time, throws long, got a man, and a great defensive play by Daquan Evans. Came from nowhere and knocked that ball away. Looked like it was going to be a sure completion. And Evans came in last minute and broke it up. 
You talk about an opportunity to showcase your skills on a national level. He showed great range on that play for a cornerback. Third down and eight from the Bulls 47. Bond goes in motion, lines up left side. Buckner to throw, pressure coming. He's hitting, he throws it incomplete. It got caught on the Bulls' sideline, out of bounds. Great push by the Bulls' defense, and they've got another fourth down. <laughs> One of the biggest stories this offseason was Kevin Patrick coming back to USF. When you look at the history of USF football, when the defensive line was at its best, Jared Bowie, Jason Pierre-Paul, George Selvey, so many guys, Ryan Giddens, Julius Forte, Terrell McClain, they were coached by that guy. And they didn't come to USF as those guys. They left as those guys because they were coached well. It's no question this defensive line is playing great football under Coach Patrick's watch. Here is Brown under pressure. And he gets the ball stripped. It is loose on the ground. And Alabama has recovered. Everybody on their feet. Simpson in the shotgun juggles the snap. Under pressure, sack. Daquan Evans got him from the blind side at the 15-yard line. Evans with another huge defensive play. That'll bring out the field goal unit. <laughs> Todd Orlando is in his bag today, ladies and gentlemen. They're doing everything they can to keep these guys out of this end zone. Now, the way you end this drive is you go block a kick if you're USF. But I'm just telling you, everybody was concerned about the momentum of USF coming out of this break. But guess what? They found a way to maintain it. It's a beautiful thing to see. From the 20, plenty of distance, and the game is tied. Bulls defense holds Alabama out of the end zone. Tied at three with 2.10 to go. So three to three at the break. Pretty exciting, and the Bulls were going to get the football back to start the second half. And as we talked about uh, leading off this broadcast, we talked a little bit about the line play. What is going to happen there? Well, the Bulls are going to get a pass rush on Alabama. Really great scheme, I thought, devised by Todd Orlando. A lot of blitzes, a lot of the defensive secondary players coming in. Daquan Evans would have a career day. Three sacks for him by the time it was done. And the Bulls really put pressure on the Alabama quarterbacks, and they did a great job against the run. It became pretty evident that Alabama does have some things to figure out at the quarterback position. Buckner was ineffective, but a real battle of defenses in this game in the first half. Bulls didn't really get the pass game going, though. Byron Brown had a lot of pressure. Again, he kind of countered that by scrambling and picking up some good yardage there. Boy, you're right where you want to be. You're a big underdog, and the game is very, very much in question as you're going to the third quarter. And I thought the Bulls had some pretty good answers at the start of the third quarter, including a throwback mention on a run by Byron Brown that you came up with, Jim, that I thought was wholly appropriate, but you'll also hear Alabama with a new quarterback hitting one big play, nothing extravagant, but over the middle, got them some confidence, a couple nice runs, they would take the lead and never look back, even though the Bulls came 22 yards from the end zone, one of their fateful fourth downs, and actually one that Alabama converted strategically, as we give you all of the second half highlights, and yeah, for a half where they got outscored 14 to nothing, the South Florida Bulls did plenty in it. Here's how it sounded. It's called by Jim, Sam, and Joey. 
Four wide receivers. Brown looking to throw. Now he's going to run. Almost gets sacked. Somehow gets out of it. Running up the middle. And he's got the first down. Dare I say it. Quinton Flowers-esque. He looked like he was going to be sacked for sure. And he bounced off. Darted around. Found a little room. And got the first down. What a run. It's really his competitive nature that makes Byron Brown special. You know, coming to coming into college, right, he was seen as an athletic guy, but not necessarily a guy who's going to threaten you running the ball. But he just has that mentality where he's willing to do whatever it takes to win, and that run was an indication of that. Direct snap, it's a fake. Bulls running at its green wall, then he has stopped short at the 50. He needed seven, he got four. So the Bulls run the fake with Gunner Greenwald, and he's tackled right on the 50, and that's where Alabama will take over. The fake punt does not work for the Bulls. Third down and 10 from the 50. Simpson has the running back left side. Simpson to throw. Pressure coming, getting happy feet, and he's sacked back at the 42-yard line. Jalen Stokes again from the blind side, and the Bulls come up with yet another sack, and they force yet another Alabama punt. USF has been secretly killing Alabama on the weak side of the field by blitzing defensive backs. It's one of the arts in college football that it goes away, right? Everybody thinks it's the defensive line and linebackers who make the money on pressures. And these defensive backs, Stokes and Daquan Evans, they've been eating today. Brown to throw. A little bit more time. Throws long downfield, one-on-one coverage, and it's picked off by McKinstry. At the 30-yard line, McKinstry, but there are flags down. There are two fouls on the play, one on both teams. Those penalties offset. We're going to replay second down. So there's a break for the Bulls. Well, you got to have some good fortune along the way. Bulls sure got a break there. They keep the football on second down and 11. There's been many times here over the past two seasons that we've been on the other side of that. But it's not many times you get a kickoff return call back and an interception call back in the same game. So, hey, the Bulls, if any day you take advantage of it, today is the day. Alabama quarterbacks now, Buckner and Simpson combined, 5 of 18 for 34 yards. Second and 10 from the 16. Both teams with all three second half timeouts remaining. Simpson to throw better time and throws long and he's got his man. It's Dupree the tight end. He'll be wrestled down by Jalen Stokes at the 40 of the Bulls. That's the best offensive play of the day for Alabama. 44 yards and a first down. Second down and goal from the one. They run it up the middle. Bulls trying to deny them the end zone but it is going to be a touchdown. The first touchdown of the day with 4.35 to go, third quarter. Brown rolling to the right, going to keep it. Got enough for the first down. Makes a man miss, still on his feet, and he gets down near the Alabama 30-yard line. That's a first down for South Florida. A huge third down and seven run for Brown. He gets all the way to the 29-yard line of Alabama. And again, the Bulls have gone for it on fourth down. Four times in this game, 13 times in their first three games, and they're going again. At least it looks that way on the 21, fourth and two. 155 to go. 
This would be a very manageable field goal. It would be about a 38 yarder. Need to get to the 19. Brown is keeping not close. He's going to lose a yard. Simpson to throw. A lot of time. Now it's breaking down, and he's thrown down by Jason Vaughn. The Bulls come up with another sack. That's their third of the day. Simpson had some time, but when it was over, it was over. Jason Vaughn got him and spun him down. What a way to answer by that defensive line. Going to throw on first down. Pressure coming. Got him from behind. Daquan Evans with another sack back at the 26-yard line. Fourth sack of the day for the Bulls. The second for Evans. And Byron Brown, 11 of 21 for those 61 passing yards on first and 10. Simmons comes in motion. And a quick little throw to Simmons, and it went right through his hands at the 20. Incomplete second and 10. Simmons was open and probably would have had first down yardage, couldn't pull it in. But that's going to mean fourth and three, and the punt team will come out. So not winning first down, making the difference there for the Bulls. Yeah, and again, it's, it's a very critical point in time in the game. You come into this game wanting to be your best, and then the, the, it, it, it just triples, right, when you get in such a critical point in time in the game. So a drop pass at this point in the game is absolutely unacceptable. Naeem Simmons, he's a better player than that, so I don't know how that happened. McKinstry is deep. Rugby-style kick for Stokes. Hits down at the 35, takes a South Florida roll. Boy, Andrew Stokes has done a great job in the first three games of the season. This thing rolls all the way to the 22-yard line. It's down there. It's a 56-yard punt. The throw from Simpson under pressure. He's sacked again back at the 34-yard oh line. It's goodness. Daquan Evans again. This might be the best defensive game that we've seen played by a USF player. Back since JRE had three interceptions, you got to list this game for Daquan Evans in the same conversation. How about these stats? Eight tackles, four solo, three sacks, four tackles for loss, a quarterback hit, and a pass breakup. Yeah, he's Daquan writing Evans a, today. Writing a ticket for himself on national television tonight. Bulls have all their timeouts remaining, but time is slipping away. 8:18 to go. Brown to throw. Decent protection. Caught at the 39. He's a yard short. The ball was behind Sean Atkins. He made a really nice catch, but then couldn't keep his feet. And the Bulls look like they're going to go on fourth and one from their own 39. Brown looking to throw. Dumps it off. It's caught by Wolf. He leaps over a defender and gets out to the 44-yard line. Wolf gets the Bulls the first down as they convert on fourth and one. Ball on the 44 of South Florida, first and 10. Wright is still the running back. They fake to him. Brown steps up, throws it long downfield. It's picked off. Michael Brown Stevens was the intended receiver. He went one way. The ball went the other way. And Malachi Moore intercepted it in the end zone. Eight tackles for loss for the South Florida defense. They've held Alabama to 225 yards of offense, 107 through the air, and 118 on the ground. 
Can they do it again with six minutes and 29 seconds to go? Alabama moving away from the student section, which is still jam-packed here. Handoff again, and Williams getting into the secondary and into the opening field, and he's off to the races. Bulls are in chase mode. He will sit down in the field of play at the 30-yard line, 48 yards. Fourth down and two from the Bulls' 21-yard line. But they're going to keep the offense on the field. Alabama's going for the win right here. We need to make sure they wash the ball here because Bama could just be coming out to try to get these guys offside. And the Bulls jump. D.J. Gordon, first down, ball game. Simpson lines up over center. It's going to be a sneak, and he will fight his way into the end zone with 33 seconds left to go. Ty Simpson with a one-yard rush for a touchdown. 17-3 to the final. There's always things really from every game that you take with you and you remember in the upcoming weeks and months and even years. Two things that were highlights for me in this game, and neither one of them happened on the field. The first was the student section. We knew before the game the students had put in for 10,000 tickets. Sometimes that doesn't always translate to the same amount of people actually in the stands. This game it did. Everybody picked up their ticket. Everybody was loud, enthusiastic, and everybody stayed. I mean, there were times it was an absolute crushing rainstorm in the first half. Most fans left their seats, went to the concourses. Don't blame them. I would have too. But those students just stayed out there and kept yelling and kept cheering all the way through the rainstorm. When play resumed, everybody was in place. The student section looked like the student section of a major college football program. Hoping the USF students can keep that up in the upcoming weeks. Second thing that I'll take away from this game was Alex Golish postgame. His comments started with Joey on the field at the end of the game and then continued into the press conference. It was very clear that he was proud of his team. He was proud of the effort. And I think also he's very happy with the fact and maybe even gratified with the fact that in a relatively short amount of time, he's been able to put together a team that believes in his process, believes what the coaches are preaching, believes they can win if they do what they are advised to do. And he feels he's just got a bunch of guys he's comfortable with that are always going to play hard and always represent the university well. But they didn't win the football game. And Derek, I think we're all a little bit guilty of this uh, over the past couple of years on the broadcast. You know, I can remember saying, boy, the Bulls really threw a scare into those guys. Or, boy, the Bulls played a lot better than we thought they might. It was a lot closer game than we thought. They're really making progress. They're getting better. Well, all of those things at the time may be true, but unfortunately, when you look back at the last couple of years, they also were games that were lost. 
And Alex Golish very plainly after the game made that point. That was quite a valiant effort against the 10th ranked team in the country. What are your overall impressions of what you saw? Yeah, valiant efforts are for losers. Winning is for winners. Don't talk about the national rankings. Don't talk about how big Alabama is or their national championships. We had a chance to win this game, and we didn't do it. And that's what he took away. And that was really something to hear. I know Sam Barrington on our broadcast said as a player, that is exactly what he would have wanted to hear from his head coach in a situation like that. So really, really impressive, I thought, for Alex Golish. And when I look back at this game, that's what I'll think about. Coaches' post-game comments in the student section. We may look back in the upcoming weeks and months at those two things and think, Boy, that was a big step along the way, just like we hoped it was. So, on to Rice next week. And this is one of the bigger games the Bulls have had in a while now. Rice is 2-1. and one. This is the conference opener. And what a key game for the Bulls. If they win this one, they're 2-2, two 1-0 and two, one and oh in the league, going on the road to Navy and then UAB, two in a row away from home. 2-2, two 1-0 two, oh would not be a bad place to be for this team. But Rice presents a lot of problems. Their only loss is to Texas. They played pretty well in that game. They've had a couple of nice wins since then, including a double overtime win over Houston. So can the Bulls build on what they started last week? It is very clear the coaches and the players believe it is time to win football games. And to build on your point, and I love that quote from Alex Golish right off the field with Joey Johnston. Last year, the two times specifically when the Bulls gave a valley, I don't want to say that word <laughs> in case coach is listening. Of course, he wasn't with the team last year, but valuable experience and nearly beat, but lost to Florida and Cincinnati the next week so they got blown out. So... This will be the true test against Rice. By the way, Day-Day Evans, even though the Bulls took the L, was the AAC Defensive Player of the Week. And for the first time in more than a half a decade, Alabama, despite the win, dropped out of the top 10. Oh, well, we're not worried about them anymore. We'll worry about Rice this Saturday. Bulls kick it off at 4, pregame at 2 right here. And we'll review it next week with full highlights right here on Upon Further Review. For Jim Lauckham, Derek Sharp, thanks for listening.